When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain down. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? Oh, that's my favorite. This is Rhea Butcher, the host of this podcast that you're listening to. It's called Three Swings. Shout out to Jason Isbell for that lovely... Jason Isbell in the 400 unit, sorry. Uh, for the lovely intro music. Uh, that's Hope the High Road. Boy, oh boy, do I love that jam. Still makes me cry in my car. <laughs> but cry in a good way, you know what I mean? Um, there must be more of them than us. No, that's the wrong way. <laughs> there can't be more of them than us. That would be terrible if that was what his song was. <laughs> there must be more of them than us. Um, actually, you'd think that, but not really. That's actually not the case. Um, anyway, I love that song. I hope you do too. Um, guess what else I love? I love baseball. That's what this podcast is about. Now, you probably think that I mean baseball. Eh, this podcast is about loving baseball. It's also about loving things, loving concepts, things in your life, stuff you like. Loving, it's also about loving. That's what this podcast is about. Um, welcome to all the dead spin <laughs> listeners. I almost said deadline. What if this show was on deadline? What if this show had murdered? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, one time I was walking in the airport and one of those people one of the journalists what i don't even know what you would call those folks um who did like dateline or not date the the ones where they would do like the basically a prank or whatever where they would have somebody like fall over and then see how many people in central park would help them get up do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> anyway the guy that would who, who that was his specific uh like bit on the show he was uh talking on his phone in the airport once and uh i was like holy shit that's that dude and it sounded like he was narrating my experience uh but he wasn't he was just talking to a friend so this show is about loving things welcome deadspin listeners deadspin readers whatever um appreciate the article probably the last time i'll say thanks for it um yeah exciting I wanted to say uh, there's a really great piece on The Athletic by Eno Saris. I hope I'm pronouncing that person's name correctly. They wrote about the Dow of Rich Hill, um, and it was a piece a couple, like a year or so in the making, 
And I tweeted at him and said that I, I really loved it. And he was like, I, I was surprised anybody was into it. And I got to say, like, I am just a huge, 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 huge Rich Hill fan. Huge. And I have been for two years. Um, he has a storied career. <laughs> He's pitched in a lot of places. Um, had Tommy John surgery. He's only like two years older than me. It's pretty great. Like, I feel like I could have lunch with him and we could probably have a good conversation. Um, it's just, I love that dude. I mean, he's taking like a meditative Zen approach to pitching. And I recently have shifted my thinking and my, my mental state, uh, not just when I'm playing baseball, but also just in life. And, um, I just, uh, really, dig it i dig what he's doing and i think uh he has one of the most wicked if not the most wicked curveball in baseball right now uh which is wild because he's on the same team as clayton kershaw but i feel like rich hill has even more control of his and can throw his curveball at uh varying depths kind of whenever he wants um and then his like right leg or left leg follow through is just a thing of beauty i love it um, so definitely read that. That'll be in the notes. Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I also just love like how into the game he is when he gets taken out. He like puts one of the rally towels on his head and is just like, he's just into it, man. He's just into it. So read that. I'm into it. I mean, I even call him D mountain, which is a ridiculous name, but like, he's not, uh, <laughs> he's not like gross about it. It's just like, that's what his nickname is. So that's what his player Jersey says. Um, anyway, so I think it's funny. He seems like humble and, and is just trying to do his job, which is, uh, something that I respect deeply. Um, I wanted to make some recommendations of music because I've been listening to a lot of music lately. Um, something that I always do, but right now I've just been using music, um, to like heal a lot. And that's been really wonderful. And also to sort of grow, creativity and just like thinking and, and honestly time traveling. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a time traveler. And <laughs> if, if I could have a, a superpower, it would be time travel, but I already have it. In fact, we all have it. Um, and it's called memories. Um, and yeah, we get like bogged down in nostalgia and stuff like that, but it's not nostalgia. I actually am listening to music that I haven't listened to in a long time. And it's taking me back to where I was who I was, what I was doing when I was listening to that music. And then listening to that new music with new friends is creating a whole new timeline. And it's very cool because all, it's all existing at the same time. And that's also kind of how I look at baseball itself. And, uh, wow, Josh Reddick just made a, a tremendous catch. <laughs> I was trying to uh, uh, watch the end of this game and record the podcast. I'm watching uh, the ALCS game four. And, uh, I was trying to like watch to the end of it and, um, I just couldn't do it cause I don't want to be recording this podcast at midnight. Uh, but Josh Reddick just made a really tr stellar catch that, uh, saved the, saved, uh, the Astros a lot of runs just then. <laughs> the Boston Red Sox would have scored at least two on that for sure. Had he not caught it. Um, I'm not a huge Josh Reddick fan, but every now and then he does something good. So I have to talk about it. So my recommendations for music are, um, this song called me and my dog by boy genius. And you should listen to boy genius. It's like a super group consisting of Julian Baker, Lucy Dacus and Phoebe Bridgers. 
And speaking of Phoebe Bridgers, I've been listening to Stranger in the Alps a ton. And I love it a lot. It's really good. Um, and then I also was listening to Jim James's record and specifically the song Throwback is really making me feel great. So those are just some jams. You know, if you want to listen to those, give it a shot. Some good music for your ears. That's what I'm into. Speaking of music, I went to the NLCS game today in Los Angeles game five. And we'll get into this more later. But this young woman next to me was like, you know, they should play music through the whole game. And I was like, you're out of your mind. She was like, I think it would keep everybody energized. Okay. Have you been to a baseball game before? I don't think so. I really don't like it when people look, I love, I love, look, (laughs) I am not the kind of person that shames people for not knowing a ton about baseball or knowing a ton about something I'm into. Um, Sometimes I express like shock or excitement that somebody hasn't seen a movie that a lot of people have seen, like something like The Godfather, but then that's exciting to me. My whole thing is I don't want to shame people for not knowing something about something or not knowing it, quote, right. Like that is not a thing I want to do. I talked a lot about this on the podcast Homophilia with Dave Holmes and Matt McConkie. You should listen to it. I felt really good about that conversation, although I will say... (laughs) For whatever reason, I acted as though I'm not competitive and not good at sports, and I'm both of those things. So, (laughs) anyway, um, not sure what I was going for there. Maybe just trying to, I don't know, whatever. Stay neutral. Um, But this young person and then their mom, they also, like, they would get mad at strike one. (laughs) And I feel like the people that listen to this show know what I mean. Like, you can't get upset at strike one. You can't get upset at a pit batter taking the first pitch and it being strike one. That's just not, you're wasting your energy being angry at that. Do you understand? That's not, you can, it, it's going to happen. <laughs> the object is not to go up to the plate and get four balls <laughs> and get on first. That's not the object. It's a possibility, but it's not the object. That's not the most ideal thing you could do. And so... Sometimes I feel like people come into it with that and then it's, to me, incredibly stressful. Again, you can have whatever experience of this game that you want in your house. When you're sitting next to me, you are really, really stressing me out. But I sort of digress here. Um, It's kind of along the same lines that you would come to a game and think that people would want to hear music all the time. Um that would never happen. It doesn't happen in any sports. I turned to my friend and bass buddy, uh, Paul F. Tompkins, and said <laughs> said that, and I was like, "She's thinking of a mall. <laughs> you can't how you can't concentrate while there's like music playing." Clearly, this person is somebody that sits in an airport with no headphones and like watches Netflix or something. Whew, it was a whole experience. I haven't been to a ton of games this year for a bunch of reasons and so it was actually a shock to my system to have to be around other people while watching baseball (laughs) um but you know you do what you can so i feel good about this episode we're going to talk about uh i'm going to talk about the nlcs and the alcs uh then we've got some rosin bag near the end of the episode so stick around we'll be right back right after this (laughs) 
I love my Tomboy X underwear. It just looks great. It's the only underwear that I've got. Here's the thing. It looks good in a drawer. It's drawers that look good in a drawer. You know what I mean? My favorite products are the Micromodel 4-inch boxers and 6.5-inch boxer briefs in black. They just look real luxurious. You know what I mean? It's like a tuxedo for your butt. (laughs) You got to get some underwear with more function than frills and... Get rid of that underwear that your mom got you to fem you up. You got to get some underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. Get yourself some Tomboy X. They've got bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks and boy shorts, soft bras, racerback bras, and everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors. And all options come in extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody can feel comfortable in. So go to TomboyX.com slash baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And Three Swings listeners get an extra 15% off with code BASEBALL. Again, code BASEBALL for an extra 15% off. So ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash baseball. Game one, Brewers won 6-5. Reliever Brandon Woodruff hit a home run off Clayton Kershaw to start an onslaught of Brewers hitting. I had some friends over. That was brutal. Uh, It's a pretty brutal thing to be a pitcher and give up a dinger to another pitcher. Not only a dinger, that was a dong. (laughs) He ripped that thing. That was a a fucking home run. (laughs) So... Yikes. Not great, Bob. Uh, They were up 6-1 to in the 7th before the Dodgers attempted a furious comeback in the 8th and 9th, ending the game with Chris Taylor on 3rd and JT striking out. Uh, The win goes to Woodruff, the loss goes to Kershaw, and Knebel gets the save. Um, I feel like the thread here for me in terms of the Dodgers is always going to be Dave Roberts overmanaging. We'll get to that even more. Um, I think he overmanages like crazy. Uh, Craig Council has some great moves here. Um, and, you know, it pays off. Ridiculous that they got so close in like one inning, basically. Um, but the Brewers outplayed them. So there you go. Game two, Dodgers win 4-3. Redemption for Justin Turner as he hits the go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. Win goes to Baez, the loss goes to Jeffress, and the save goes to Jansen. I did not get to see this game, so I don't get to add too much of my own personal takes on this. So we'll move on to game three. <laughs> Brewers win 4 nothing. Julis Chassin combined with four relievers. Five hit the Dodgers. And Orlando Arcia hit a two-run home run. So this one was brutal. Uh, Julis Chassin gets the win, and Walker Bueller gets the loss. Gotta say, Walker Bueller... Looks like he's not maybe up to the task of all this. And uh, it was interesting in the NL, uh, or not the NLDS, but the, what was it, the Game 163, you know, they were all talking about how much uh, the Dodgers players were talking about how much they loved that he was cocky and stuff like that. Well, not so much anymore. Um, Being cocky can be good, but it can also backfire. And it's both those things at the same time, I feel like, because being cocky is very close to having a temper. And when you're cocky and it's not going your way, you start to get a temper, even if you're not showing it. 
And Walker Bueller not being able to basically throw a strike in the NLDS was a big problem. So he needs to get his act together or not. I don't know. Start Urias. Curious. Um, so that was a pretty brutal loss for the Dodgers, but a great win for the Brewers. Brewers looking like classic Brewers in that in that game. So on to game four, Dodgers win two to one in a in thirteen innings on Bellinger's walk off single, scoring Machado. Win goes to Urias and the loss goes to Guerra. Um, that game should not have been that long. I will I I am telling you, you don't pinch hit Muncie for David Freeze. That game ends in nine. But Dave Roberts loves to overmanage and he overmanages and looks at matchups instead of the damn game on the field. But what it did do is it wore out the Brewers' bullpen and it gave the Dodgers some life, weirdly, having a long game like that and then waking up, I guess, in their same beds because then the next day, oh my goodness, the game that I go to, all of a sudden, they're producing on offense. What? Crazy. Kershaw has a just stellar outing with nine strikeouts, all swinging strikeouts. He gets on base a ton, and they score five runs with no home runs. What have I been saying this whole time? No home runs. Hit the ball. Cody Bellinger hit a chip shot to shallow center field for an RBI. Like, all of these little things get you on base, and then you drive runs in. Move them over. That's it. That's all you got to do. Literally it. Um, Oh, the thing I didn't mention, and I should have, because it's just not in the notes. Um, The Machado running into uh, Jesus Aguilar at first, I think is some tremendous bullshit. And I don't like shit like that. And I don't like Manny Machado. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Nope. I thought Brian McCann hit a hit a three-run home run to win the game just now. Um, so the game is on, so I apologize. It, it will be interrupted by me going, whoa. Um, anyway, uh, so it's funny because now anytime I'm like, go Dodgers on the internet, people are like, but what about Machado? And I'm like, look, the dude is a rental. I also, you have to take responsibility for the dudes that you're cheering for, but that shit sucks. Not only does it suck for, I mean, like, that's bullshit to Aguilar, it's bullshit. To, he could have really hurt him for literally no reason. And like, what are you doing? And you're putting your team in a bad position. He's just, he's, it's bad. I cannot wait for him to be gone. It just, it sucks. That That is some bad shit to do. Like, you don't, you just, you just don't do it. It's dumb. And then he got hit by a pitch in the game that I was at, and he was like about to do something about it. I'm like, dude... Number one, you you deserve that. And number two, like, just go to first base. He also doesn't hustle anything out. It's ridiculous. Just the worst. Just the worst kind of... That is the worst kind of player. I have to... It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, so today was really fun to go to that game. Um, I'm sorry to Brewers fans. Honestly, like, I will say this. You guys have Josh Hader. He sucks. It, you know, doesn't make me feel bad too bad cheering against your team. I also am happy for you. You're a small market team doing really well. So I'm not some asshole that's going to be like, I hate the Brewers. I'm just like, the Dodgers are my team. I live in Los Angeles. Um, But also like, you're killing it. So it's a really well matched uh, series. It's 
fun to watch. It, both of these series are. And today's game, it happens to be from the perspective of a Dodger fan, but it really did feel like I was watching baseball in 1989 or something, you know? It really did feel like an old old game. Just like hitting the ball, getting runners on base, Clayton Kershaw going seven innings, just like old school shit, man. Just like baseball. Just real baseball. Um, I would also say, please check my Instagram for the tremendous uh, gif that my friend Paul F. Tompkins, who, major shout out to my friend for taking me to that game today. It was wonderful. And I'm so glad that I went to a game wherein my team won, because that's fun. Uh, but he shot basically video of me catching one-handed uh, <laughs> Roger the peanut guy uh, tossing me some peanuts from behind his back. Now, a little backstory on this. It's a satisfying gif. It will make you feel good. So you should watch it. Um, we, I was like, I should get some, or Paul was like, you should get some peanuts and I'll, whatever, I'll film it or something. And I was like, I don't have any cash. And he had some cash. So then Roger the peanut guy literally spent the next 20 minutes. Maybe it was 10. It was a long time. Maybe it was five. But five when you're waiting for peanuts is a long damn time. So put that on a t-shirt. Just talking to people, not paying any attention. I keep throwing my hand up and he's far away and he's throwing them far away. And that's exactly what I wanted to get was I wanted him to be six rows down and toss it backhand to me and have me catch it one handed because I can do that because I wanted that to happen. I just was trying to manifest it. I wanted it to happen. I wanted it. I wanted it so bad. (laughs) And he just kept like meandering around and then he started walking back up to me and Paul goes oh my god does he not throw does he only throw to men and I was like how does he know I'm a woman this is ridiculous why do people always know I'm a woman when it doesn't work out when it's not in my favor so he gets up closer but still finally throws them to me and then we get a tremendous gif so you should see it on the internet it is one of my top five Baseball achievements. Someone asked me what the other four are. I would say um, a hit and run that my friend Joe Kilgallen and I pulled off a couple years ago for the Cocos. It was wonderful. He scored. Great feeling. He scored, slid into home plate, and when he popped back up, pointed at me. It was great. It just felt good. Um, A couple weeks ago when I started a double play, that was fucking great. Um... My four RBI game. Um, and two games before that, he caught it! Holy shit! All right, that's the end of the game. Ben Benintendi catching the ball. Wow, what a game. What a game. Wow, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so those are those are mine. Going, Sandy Alomar's walk-off home run in 1995. Um, seeing that telling my dad I didn't I refused to leave and I never told my dad no um is that five that's probably five so there's definitely some some more personal baseball ones I've been hitting really well that feels good so um anyway those are those are the crowning achievements wow what a catch wow a catch that was a catch Woof. that would have been the game right there and instead it was the game Oh, I just didn't get to bench coach Brett's uh, notes far enough. Uh, Bench coach Brett's uh, notes on Machado. 
So, Machado is a jerk. I guess I haven't followed his career that closely, but he always struck struck me as Griffey-esque. Young, charismatic, naturally gifted, a franchise player. But watching him in this series has been rough. Not running out the ground ball in Game 2, saying hustling down the line is not my cup of tea. That's bullshit. Then, in, intentionally interfering with Aguilar at, ga- first, at first in Game 4. Sorry. Uh, Christian Yelich flat out called him a dirty player after game four. I Do you agree? What's up with Manny? I agree. I don't even... What's funny is I wouldn't call him a dirty player, but I because dirty players are dudes that like hustle and like push it. Like Utley is a dirty player, but he's not... Like Utley would never do that at first. That's not something Utley would do. Like a dirty player to me is somebody that slides wild, wide or like, you know... It, <laughs> does what Utley does, <laughs> but Utley is not going to, and many people are going to agree, disagree with me on this. Utley was uh, pushing something that wasn't a rule. Then they made it a rule because he broke somebody's leg, but so many dudes were doing that before Chase Utley did it. It's not Chase Utley's thing that he started. He was doing something that literally everybody in the league did. And that shit that Machado did is like beyond dirty. It's just bullshit. And it's just not, the way you play the game and we're not talking about like oh he's flashy he's this yeah he's all those things and I could care less about that but like when you're about to break a dude's ankle at first because you've you're pissy that's some shit man um I also wasn't fully aware of like Manny's garbage because he like threw a helmet at uh um Josh Donaldson and like he just has done this shit He's just done this shit, and it's stupid, and it's bad for baseball. It's bad for a baseball team. It's clubhouse cancer. It's gross. I don't like it. On to uh, Yasmani Grandal's Nightmare Series. He's the catcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's doing his best you Darvish impression this series. Three pass balls, one catcher interference, multiple bad strikeouts with runners on base. Tough. Grandal has been with the Dodgers since 2015, and after he got booed by the hometown crowd in Game 3, Kike came to his defense. It sucks. He's a teammate. He's a competitor, and you know he's doing everything he can. He's not trying to have a hard time behind home plate or anything like that, but it sucks that there's nothing going on in the stands. Since the first inning, when Ryan Braun hit that double, the stadium went kind of quiet for the rest of the evening, and it sucks that they got loud just to show up Yasmani. He's trying his best. Catchers have a lot going on. The game revolves around them. They've got to call every pitch. They're involved in every situation in the game. It's the playoffs. It's the big leaves. If they think they can do it, go ahead. Put on your gear and catch 99 mile an hour breaking breaking balls that have a lot of movement. He's one of the best catchers in the game for a while now. He's having a bit of a rough, rough patch, which we all as humans, as baseball players, go through. It's just bad timing. I think Kike is very right here. And also, like, look, that's what happens when you fuck up a lot. You get booed. It sucks. I don't like it. But, hey, that's what happens. Um, They put Barnsey in, and he's maybe not hitting a ton, but he catches the damn ball. So, like, if you got to do what you got to do. You're not playing well, you're not going to play. And that's just what happens. Uh, Christian Yelich is slumping. A key reason the Dodgers are in this series is because the hottest hitter in baseball over the last month, Christian Yelich, is suddenly slumping. 3-for-16 in the NLCS with zero extra base hits. They're pitching really well to him, and I think he's just not in the moment right now. He also was, like, lazy on a ball in this game five, and uh, Puig hustled it out and got a double. So 
he's just not in it the way that he was. He's not locked in. So I think, honestly, I don't know. I mean, there's a chance. To me, I feel like I would be in my head if I didn't, because he was so close to getting the triple crown and then he didn't get it, that I feel like that rattled him a little bit. And now that he's in this moment on this stage, he doesn't have it. But I think he's also just being pitched to very well. Also by a team that they didn't see a ton either, you know. Um, So there's that. Grade for Dave Roberts. How's he doing so far? I mean, here's what happened today. Craig Council pitched Made Made Wiley. <laughs> I mean, basically, he pitched Made Wiley because he's going to pitch Wade Miley tomorrow um, or the next game. Um, so he pitched Wade Miley today, and he faced one batter, and then they pulled him for Brandon Woodruff. And so that was Craig Council trying to... Um, exploit Dave Roberts' use of matchups and get him to stack his lineup right-handed against a left-handed pitcher and then make him, like, use his bench in the first inning, basically. And Dave Roberts didn't didn't totally take the bait. And what happened was it actually backfired on uh, Craig Council. I mean, Woodruff was cruising also. But it actually backfired because Dave Roberts couldn't make a ton of changes and Kershaw was dealing, so he wasn't pinch hitting for him either. And what happened was uh, this Dodger team got to just play bo- baseball. And it was less about matchups and more about, like, well, just go out and hit. So, like, it actually kind of backfired in that way. Plus, his bullpen was taxed from yesterday or from the, you know, 13 inning game. So, my grade to Dave Roberts is, like, not available because you're just. The game got out of you, and you you got out of the way of the game, and now you're winning. So I wish he would pay attention to that, but he's not going to. So whatever. Uh, on to the AL Championship Series. Red Sox are up now 3-1 to one over the Astros because I just watched the end of Game 4. Game 1, Astros win 7-2. to two. Verlander cooled off the Red Sox bats and the Astros exploded for four runs in the ninth to put it away. I got to say this game, I listened to a lot of it and there was some bullshit in this game. That zone was ridiculous. And, oh, I just wanted to say one other thing about the NLCS today. There was like some weird interference, like Austin Barnes batter in interference when Puig stole a base. I, I, I've never heard of that before ever and he was he swung at the ball and then Puig stole third and they made him move back like that I've never I've literally never heard of that it doesn't make any sense to me that was weird okay uh yeah Verlander got some serious gifts in this game not to say that he wasn't pitching well but he was also they gifted him a ton of strikeouts specifically the Benintendi one which is basically where the game ended um, so Verlander gets the win and Kelly gets the loss there, um, which is crazy, which is wild for the Astros to come in game one. It's st- basically steal game one in Boston. It's nuts. Game two, the Red Sox win seven to five. Red Sox bullpen shuts down the Astros who only scored one run after the third and Mookie Betts came alive going two for four with two runs scored. Uh, the win goes to Barnes, the loss goes to Cole, and the save goes to Kimbrell. I didn't get a chance to catch any of this game. So, really all I've got to say is the Red Sox got to be the Red Sox, the Astros got shut down, 
the bullpen actually worked. Game three, the Red Sox win eight to two. So they get the Astros back and steal one in Houston. I'm sure the Astros thought they were going to saunter in there and just take that one too, but they did not. The Red Sox bats really came alive in this game, capped by a Jackie Bradley Jr. grand slam in the eighth. And I got to say, I particularly loved this grand slam because it was off of, excuse my language, motherfucking Osuna, and he deserved it. Couldn't have happened to a worse guy. Jackie Bradley Jr. has something like nine RBI in the last three games, and they all come on the two outs. This, this, that's nuts. But this is what this is what having a full team, and I mean, both of these series are so well-matched, it's a lot of fun. It's a ton of fun to watch these two. It's a ton of fun. Um, and then I watched game four. Oh, uh, the win goes to Eovaldi and the loss goes to Smith. And then I watched uh, the fifth inning on of this game four. Uh, and the Red Sox just really kept the Astros from doing anything. Major highlight was Mookie Betts. I missed the Altuve out call. Weird that it wasn't a ground rule double. I'm unsure of that. That doesn't really make any sense. Um, but Mookie Betts cutting down... Kemp at second is you got to watch that again because I I only caught the the throw and I didn't realize it was on a spin move holy moly that thing was a beam there was no even uh, that was a strike (laughs) it was a fastball right down the middle um just a perfect throw from behind him basically um just bonkos so Pretty wild. Um, also, like I was saying, Josh Reddick makes a stellar catch in right field, but then Ben Intendi gets him back. Catching Alex Bregman's uh, line drive to end the game definitely would have, they would have lost the game. The Red Sox would have lost the game on that. So, pretty wild. Uh, David Price was up and throwing, so I'm curious if he's going to start tomorrow or the next game. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. I don't know. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. It's good. It's a lot of good shit. It's a lot of good stuff. Uh, From bench coach Brett, uh, this series hasn't had the drama of the NL series yet, but I guess the big question is, how did the Red Sox turn this around? And what are your predictions for the rest of the series? I think the Red Sox turned it around by not getting... They they stay loose. They stay having fun. They have Brock Holt. They have Mookie Betts. They've got Benintendi. All these dudes have some really good heads on their shoulders, and I got to say the Astros, this is where being the returning defending champs can can bring you down. It's the same shit happened to the Cubs, where you have a confidence about you that maybe turns into cockiness a little bit, you know? Um, and I'm not saying the Astros are all super cocky or anything, but, you know, a little bit you think you're going to come back and just do the same thing again, and guess what? You can't. And also Boston got you know, they, they blew through Boston last year. So they've got a chip on their shoulder and they're just keeping the the mindset, but Verlander's on the mound for the next game. And so curious to see how that goes. If the Red Sox can stay on him and actually have a, a realistic zone. Um, I think that the, the momentum is with the Red Sox right now, but the Astros have Verlander pitching. So that is the benefit. The Red Sox, Starting pitching, and to be totally honest, closing pitching is their biggest problem at this point. 
and they don't have somebody that's like, oh, that's their ace. They don't have Kershaw. They don't have uh, Verlander. They don't have uh, the Brewers' <laughs> whole thing. But the Brewers' whole thing is like kind of starting to, it's not maybe sticking together as much as it was when they were playing the very tired Rockies. Um, and now they're running into a team that does have some stuff going for them, even though it's maybe not what the Brewers had going for them. It's still, yeah, I just, both these series are very evenly matched, but it's starting to break apart a little bit. And I'm curious to see if they both go to seven or if they wrap up in six. Um, so we'll see. I'm pretty excited about it. I don't really have predictions. I do think that the Red Sox will have Verlander's number this time, though, because it seems astronomically impossible for that to be the case. So that's why I'm going with it, because <laughs> that's what baseball's all about. Awesome. I hope you can hear that motorcycle. Um, we'll be back right after this with a few quick rosin bags. <laughs> You're going to be shocked to hear this, but I love my luggage. I've used a lot of luggage over the years. I travel a lot for work, pretty much always for work. I travel all the time, but I got this new bag and it's wonderful. It's so light. It's so perfect. It rolls around and it's got a freaking charger in it. It's called Away. I love their bags. They use high quality materials while also offering a much lower price compared to other bands compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. You can choose from a variety of colors in four sizes. The carry-on, that's the one I've got. The bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large for extended stays. It comes in cool colors like green, blue, black, a light pink, a light blue, and then this other color that I had for a little while, which was a maroon, I would say, and it was the same color as my very first car. All Away suitcases are made with premium German polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance, and it's very lightweight. The interior features a patent-pending compression system, helpful for overpackers. I don't have that problem, do you? <laughs> Four 360-degree spinner wheels guarantee a smooth ride. TSA-approved combination lock built into the top of the bag to prevent theft. I gotta say, I never lock my bag before, and now I just do it all the time with the away bag. And not that anybody's gonna do anything, but it kind of makes me feel good. It's got a removable, washable laundry bag that keeps dirty clothes separate from clean. I also really love that thing. I don't have to use plastic bags anymore. Both sizes of the carry-on are available to charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the away carry-on will charge your phone five times. I can attest to this. I've used it a lot. It really, really works. It's got a lifetime warranty, so if anything breaks, we will fix or replace it for you for life. And Away has a 100-day trial. Live with it, vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund. No questions asked, but you probably won't need to. I loved mine right away. You can get free shipping on any Away order within the lower 48 states. All their carry-on sizes are compliant with all major U.S. airlines while maximizing the amount you can pack. And if you're in New York, please be sure to visit the Away store at their retail location. So, as I said, I really love this bag. And look, I don't say I like things unless I really like things, but I really like this bag. I am honestly getting rid of all the other luggage that I have because I don't need it because I just use this bag all the time. It's very convenient. It feels professional. And it's just very a very comfortable bag. And I got to say, it's really nice just always having a charger with you. And they send you 
all the pieces and parts in the bag. And so you just like leave it in the bag and charge it when you get to the hotel. And honestly, you probably don't even need to charge it when you get to the hotel. It's wonderful. I'm never sitting by an outlet at the airport anymore. I can just sit in a chair and charge it. And also it's got two ports. So I charge my headphones at the same time. It's really convenient. <laughs> and the bag is really nice. Three Swings listeners, you can get $20 off a suitcase by visiting awaytravel.com slash baseball and using promo code baseball during checkout. Please do this. Give them a shot. I love this bag. I would not steer you wrong. It's a great product. So get $20 off. Go to awaytravel.com slash baseball and use promo code baseball. All right, we're back. It's a rosin bag time. I'm really glad that uh, I'm really glad that um, we got some rosin bag questions. Um, what did I want to start this with? I don't know. I just wanted to say that I'm grateful to all of you for listening to this little thing. I'm grateful that I get to make it. It's a lot of fun. It's honestly a dream come true. Probably my number one baseball achievement in all honesty that I get to make this thing and people actually listen to it and find it charming or like it because uh this is kind of all I've ever wanted to do is just talk to people about things I love um yeah so that's kind of it I just wanted to say that I really appreciate it um let's get on to those Rosenberg questions so this one comes from Jesse uh Sasorian Jay Sasor is Kimbrel on the decline or does he just have to fix something I don't think he's on the decline, but he's not pitching well. <laughs> and I'll say that uh, game four just happened and he did get out of that jam, but it was definitely because of his fielders. Um, so I don't know that it's like a decline. I just think he doesn't have it right now. And I think he could get it back. He just doesn't have it. Um, and I'm not sure what's wrong because it does seem mental to me. And those are the tough ones. Because you can make physical adjustments, but mental adjustments, whew, that takes <laughs> a lot of work. Maybe he needs a new therapist. I'm not sure. I, uh, I Can I just say that I highly recommend switching up therapists? I mean, it might not work, but for me, it worked really well. And I've, I've had a lot of, I've learned a ton in a short amount of time. And uh, it's worked out really well. And that's not to say like, oh, my past therapists weren't, weren't good it actually means they were and so I did all this work and then I got to a new one and it helped me get to a new place so um that's just something to think about uh so I, I think he needs to fix something and that something is upstairs I think he needs to remember what he's got not what he should have that's just me from the couch in my house Gemma at Gemma Gemma. I really liked hearing you talk baseball on homophilia. Do you have an episode of Three Swings that is for total newbies, as in British, literally zero exposure to baseball newbie? Um, I don't know that there's an an episode that I could point to that would be like, this is uh the best one for baseball newbies. I because I kind of think that like just listening to the podcast, just listening to all the episodes is kind of what it's about a little bit um maybe my episode where I cry from my dad's living room talking about the a league of their own reunion game uh the movie reunion game um that one that one might be a good one because it's more about feelings than anything else but 
I know this isn't really a good answer to that question. I really just kind of recommend listening to the whole thing if you want to learn about baseball. Also, if you want to learn about baseball and following it in an intense way, maybe listen to Likely Mad as Hell, the little uh, thing that I made last year that was sort of the 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 seedling for this show. Um, that might do it for you. I don't know. Give that a shot. Great. And our last question for the rosin bag, Lucy at Drew Caspian. What was it like getting back into the sport when you're not a kid? I really want to get back into a team sport, but I'm nervous both as an adult and as an NB person. Um, well, I don't know where you live and I think that's kind of a big part of it, but I mean, I'll say it was tough. <laughs> it's tough. And it was amazing because, um, I got back into the sport and I had never played it on a, you know, in a, in organized way. So I didn't have that experience. So I, in some ways it was nice because I didn't carry that baggage into it. I was coming into it from an independent position and then into an independent league kind of a thing. Um, but then as like the envy person, it was difficult. I mean, it's more, you ask as an envy person and like at the time I wasn't really thinking of myself that, that way necessarily, even though I kind of feel like that stuff's always present, you know, because like to me identifying as a non-binary person or saying that, um, it's an existence, not an identity. So I don't really identify and I didn't really identify as an NB person at that time. But again, I was existing in between and around and within both binaries. So, the thing there was, because it's a co-ed team, I felt like I was being treated in a different way. And I won't even say shitty. I will just say different way. And this is not by teammates, although I did have some teammates that don't exist in in my current iteration who were shitty, which sucked. Um, they were mostly like people who didn't play all, in all the games and would just show up and I hadn't been there and they would assume I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but it was a lot of that stuff. Like it, even it, dudes on other teams that had never seen me before, like telling me what to do. Um, and that was just like, it's demoralizing. It's actually demoralizing to have somebody on another team tell you, you didn't make a play right. Like you, you would never say that to a dude. You just wouldn't, you just, you just actually wouldn't. Um, and so it's wild that like, you think that's okay. Like I would never say that. I would never say like, Hey, you got to call that ball. You know, like I, I just, I would legit neverly say neverly. I would legit never say that to another player personally, regardless of gender, because you know, I don't gender doesn't come into the way I talk to people necessarily, uh, in terms of whether I talk to them or not, but I just think, my God, um, <laughs> it was it was pretty nuts but I will also say this like then when this new league started I realized and this was only recently that I was bringing a lot of that in that experience and understandably so I was sort of like gun shy from it basically like having this experience over and over again every time I was in this context and uh but then what I realized in changing a lot in my life in general through meditation and through this new therapist and through you know, just opening myself up to different experiences, I realized that I was bringing that experience in and and sort of every interaction was going through that filter of this guy's being an asshole to me. And then I realized like, oh, this guy's just talking to me. <laughs> you know, this guy's just talking to me actually. And um, he's not talking to me and saying things because of 
what I am. He's saying things to me because I'm playing baseball. And so that was actually like a really big moment for me in my life in general, because I've stopped, I've stopped doing that in my life. Um, and, and a lot of people might be like, oh, well, that's a lot of emotional labor. Actually, it's not. What I've done is I've dropped emotional labor that I was doing towards the negative, And I was, I was looking for and or putting everything into a negative context. And now I don't. And my life is a lot better. And I'm really lucky for that. You know, and, and that's not to say that these things still don't happen. Like I said earlier, talking about the peanut guy, my friend Paul pointed it out before I even did. Like, I just didn't even think about it. And he and I was like, oh, my God, I think you might be right. But then he threw it to me because I was like, no way we're going to sit here and wait all this time to get this on video. And then you're going to come over and hand it to me. <laughs> and then Paul said that. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. He, he might not throw it to me because he doesn't think I'm going to catch it. Um. But I guess what I'm saying is a little bit I'm living less in in that treatment because I spent a lot of time in my life walking around feeling like that was going to happen. And again, understandably so, it happened a lot. People treating me and, and if, you, if you are a person who is essentially not a straight, white, cis man or passing for those things... Um, you run a risk every day of your public life, or if you're on the internet, <laughs> it happening on the internet too, of, of somebody baseline being shitty to you and treating you without dignity. And this is not like a pity party. It's simply just saying like those things happen. I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time. Culturally, it's happening all the time. Um, but at the same time, like I have stopped living in that a little bit. I've stopped participating in it. And I I really hope this doesn't sound like a privileged position to be in because I don't know that it is. I think it just is years of this experience, years of knowing the experience, and then realizing that like if I am the one bringing it in, I am the one bringing it in. And when it happens, I I am because I'm not spending all my time in it, when it happens, I'm more able to confront it because I've been, I've not been spending my energy on being in it all the time. I I'm able to actually be present and say like, well, why would you say that? I think you're just saying that because of who I am. So this is a very long winded way of saying what it's like to, uh, be in organized sports. But now like, look, not every person on my team in my league knows that I identify or, use they and like I I use all of them now so like you know every team has to have at least two women in the lineup I count as one of those so what does that mean I mean I don't really care I'm proud of myself for being the player that I am none of my team looks at me as you know somebody that's getting them keeping them from having a terrible lineup like I'm you know so it takes time, I guess, is the thing. And, it, you know, you have to be a good judge of, are these people people that I can I can bond with and can create a team with? And, and that's not going to happen on the first day. So if on the first day you feel bad and they're making you feel bad, then you should find another team. But also, like, you have to be very responsible for being a, a reliable narrator of what's actually happening. Because I think it's easy as people who we go through this stuff, we, we look for it 
And sometimes I think it's not actually happening. It might be slightly happening, but then you kind of you kind of like round up a little bit. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm not saying that we're doing anything wrong. What I'm actually trying to say is like maybe we could do this other stuff and take care of ourselves a little bit more, and then it wouldn't hurt so much. I don't know. I've been lucky to play with basically the same crew of of people for four years. So it's 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 taken it's taken me four years. And that's not to say that every game was difficult and every game was terrible, but I did come home upset probably every game because either I didn't play well or some bullshit happened. Um, but I stuck with it and my team stuck with me because they saw something there and they saw who I could be and I'm really grateful for that. And I, I couldn't get all of this without sticking around and without seeing my response my part of it my part of the negativity you know um because it's it's also like benefited my teammates like they my ability to be there for them now has allowed them to feel less responsible for they they don't feel as responsible for everything you know it's pretty great so i i think being on a team is great you know maybe you can round up some like uh queer folks to to put a team together or something you know what i mean um yeah, just figure something out. Um, but that's my advice. It's it's a, a, a whole mindset. I really I really don't want anybody to think that I'm disregarding anybody's experience. I'm not. I'm actually regarding it. And I'm I'm trying to talk about how maybe we could channel all of this stuff into positive changes and positive positivity for ourselves. What if we practiced radical kindness to ourselves and then it radiated towards other people? And that's not to say that you just have a big smile on your face when people are treating you like shit. But it's actually that you go into each situation believing it to be good instead of believing it to be bad. So, this was Three Swings. I'm Rhea Butcher. I love making this podcast. I'm going to keep doing it. There's a bunch of games happening. Uh, my personal World Series is happening this very weekend. It's going to be real interesting. Um, I'm super excited about it. We're playing under the lights. It's going to be cold. I feel like I maybe need an undershirt. Um, I'm looking forward to it. My World Series is happening, and then the World Series is going to happen. And then and then you're going to get single-game recaps. So that should be fun. Um, I love talking to you all. Thank you so much for watching the, watching the show, listening to the show. Thank you for listening to the show. Rate, review, and subscribe if you can. Um, I have shows coming up. There's just a few tickets left for Minneapolis uh, this weekend. And you should come to that on 1020 in Minneapolis. And then I'm flying back in time to play my baseball game. That's going to be interesting. Then on the 27th of October, I'll be in D.C. for the Benson Ball. And then November 10th and 11th, I will be at the Sacramento Comedy Spot. You should come to that. It's a really great room. I'm going to work out some new material, and hopefully it's going to be funny. I can't wait to see you up there. That's exciting. All the tickets are available on riabutcher.com slash live dates. They're all right there. Ticket links, very easy to find. I would appreciate that. If you like the show, tell a friend. It's the best way for us to grow this thing and make a movement. That's what I want to do. Happiness, kindness, radical kindness changing our lives for the better because honestly this is my reason because I, I mean I, look I was younger than this and when people would be like be positive be this I would just be like it's such a cliche because you can't ignore the negative and 
but there's so much terrible and you know everything is awful right now but like you know what it's not actually our job to know every single awful thing like thing everything's bad our government is terrible it's been bad for a long long time it's worse than it has been in my lifetime i've seen it bad <laughs> i was in college when george w bush was president it's been bad it was slightly better when Obama was president, but it was still bad. So here's the thing. It was good when George W. Bush was president. It's good now. There are good things happening. And if we don't focus on those things, they will go away. And the best way for us to fight these awful human beings, awful human beings, is to keep them out of our personal lives, keep them out of our homes, keep them out of our hearts, keep them out of our relationships, keep them out of everything and spend time with the people that we love, care about each other, care about strangers on the street, care about issues that matter. Everybody's talking about voting. Please make sure you also check out and read all of your ballot measures because those things are also really important and uh, really shitty companies and organizations are pouring money into them to benefit themselves. So I like to use Ballotpedia uh, I think it's a .org, and I use that to because it's very useful in who supports a measure and who's funding the support of those measures, and it works really well. Um, so please use that and vote on that stuff, and uh, you know I would really love that. I don't think it's the only voting is not the only way to fix everything. We got to fix everything through like radical kindness and grassroots organization and small ball. For the long haul, that's how we got to fix it. So tell a friend about this podcast. Tell a friend about a ballot measure. Tell a friend about a politician that you agree with. Let's grow the thing. Let's do this together. Let's change the world, but change yourself first. As always, I'm Rhea Butcher. This was Three Swings. And if you liked it, you liked it. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.